VGRT Gaming Podcast, episode 639, recorded on February 9th, 2022. Welcome to the 639th edition of the TV Gaming Podcast and 472nd episode of Video Game Roundtable. I'm TJ Dinser. I'm Scott Durr. And I am Jordan Falcon. The VGRT Gaming Podcast focuses on game news from around the industry. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we had Nintendo Direct today. Um, and there's some news items that, you know, that we're just going to quickly skip over. And one of them is, um, finally... A Wolf Among Us 2 was announced, and the trailer was shown. Did you see it? I was very surprised to see it. Yes, I did see it. I, uh... So, like... Telltale, right? Like, what what, what state is Telltale in these days? Um, Telltale was bought by somebody, and, um... They retained uh, some of the uh, people there, and basically, but they're not going to do five games at once, you know, five licenses at once. They're just going to, it's going to be a lot slower output, because uh, The Wolf Among Us is going to be released in 2023, um, and it's coming in PC and console. And it seems like Sony and, and uh, Microsoft, um, Nintendo did not announce it at Nintendo Direct, which leads me to believe it may not be on the Switch, but it is a it is a an, an adventure game. So I'm wondering is, are they going to first release both and then, uh, first release the first game, then release the second game? I don't know. But uh, Sony released the trailer on their site, and Microsoft released the trailer on their site, so at least we know they're going to those two. Uh, And it'll be very interesting to see what save games are carried over, um, because a lot of people chose one ending, a lot of people chose another ending. They were very subtle. And the trailer showed off the uh, Tin Woodsman and the Scarecrow from The Wizard of Oz. So at least we know they're involved, or maybe they're, it's just a, um, maybe that's like the teaser. Like, they have nothing to do, it's just one case that he's on that's wrapped up in the first episode. We don't know, but we know that um, the Wizard of Oz characters are involved, at least in the trailer. Yes. It was, and like, they're doing this in Unreal Engine now, it's it's like a whole new engine for them, and... Uh, but it still looks exactly the same as the first game. Yes. Um, they were, they actually made a point to, like, when they asked him about, like, is there any, gonna be any, like, new gameplay, they were like, uh, it's still gonna be very, very much like the old one. In other words, uh, quick time event. <laughs> mm-hmm. This, man, I wanna be, I wanna be more optimistic about The Wolf Among Us too because I love that game. It's my favorite Telltale game, besides the, the their run of Sam and Max. Um, and I don't know, like them just putting a year on it makes me nervous. It makes me like, I, I'm pretty sure that's been in development for a while. Yeah. Um, oh, sure. But like, but like with all the troubles they had, all the studio closing, everything that happened, I just, I don't have, there were whispers that, that a wolf, the wolf among us was going to be announced, uh, in the past few months. Matter of fact, I could swear that Phil Spencer hinted about it 
So you, you're worried that they might have uh, lost some information, not just the talent that was working on it, but... Well, they retained the talent that counted. <laughs> some of them, at least. I don't know. And also, Ooh. I'm pretty sure that the game was in development when the studio was closed. So it could be that, like, a bit of it was already finished, you know, yeah. or already been done some work on it before they restarted it again. So, you know, and I'm pretty sure that the, they already had the script, you know. They already had the story before anything because it was intended to be a series in the first place. Right. It was not It was not The Wolf Among Us one, and we'll see if it's popular enough to do a number two. No, no, no. It was we're going to do a number two no matter what because here's the thing. Batman, the first season, did not sell well. It did not sell well, but they still came out with a second uh, season. And, you know, I still think there's going to be a third season at some point. I'm, I'm, I, so I guess they would have all the other titles then uh, that they did finish. I know they finished the Back to the Future, so I don't know if they want to put that on the Switch. Uh, oh, you can put any of the TLT, you can put any of the Telltale games on Switch. Right. You still ha- would have to, I think, configure it for the Switch, but uh, uh, that shouldn't be too bi- too difficult, I think. Yeah. Um. Another news item, which we're not going to discuss in length, is that, um, once again, the idea of what is Microsoft going to do with um, with Bobby Kotick. And, again, uh, the the uh, news leaks from inside say they're just going to retain him until his contract is up, and they'll probably silently just say goodbye. So you have to wait until July 2023 for him to be kicked out. Yeah, he'll be kicked out with a golden parachute, but you know, at least he'll be kicked out. Well, it's not a golden parachute. They're just paying him for this. Like I said, Microsoft is straight up buying Activision Blizzard. Right. They're just buying the stock, and that's what he has in stock. You know. Um, on a related note, um, Sony said that they're going to honor all call, uh, call of Duty contracts with Sony, and um, this is the tricky part. They hope. To maintain that relationship afterward, there's a lot of murky. They're saying this because you know the FTC is 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 looking at this deal, and um, they're just saying no, 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 no. We're gonna, you know, it'll they'll they'll, they'll still have Call of Duty. You know, we're under contract with them, and we'll pro- and we're talking with that. That's still, you know, I'm pretty sure Microsoft will say anything, and once the deal is done, we'll see what happens. Yeah, and to me, I know the FTC is going to investigate it. I don't know. And and to me, um, Call of Duty may be just one of those properties in which Microsoft says, "Yeah, whatever. We will make it. We'll keep it multi-platform because, like micro, um, like Minecraft, you know, it'll make a lot of money. Doesn't mean oh, any yeah. of our other doesn't mean any of our other properties are going to go multi-platform, but that one will keep multi-platform to show people, no, we're not a monopoly. Everybody can play Call of Duty." Yeah, but it's like even if those titles go multi-platform, they're still giving money over to Microsoft. So uh, it's kind of great, but yeah. Anyway. Yeah, um, Microsoft was doing a lot. Of, a lot of what was announced today was Microsoft trying to uh, appease the FTC to make sure that this deal goes through. Um, because like the FTC is looking at this thing pretty hard and they are they I mean we I don't know if y'all know but like related news Nvidia just had a deal to try oh, to yeah. a- acquire uh, Arm which is one of the most oh. 
most in-demand chip creators in the world right now. There's another thing too. Um, Nvidia passed. Oh geez, who, who did they pass? They passed someone as the number one. Um, uh, there was there was uh, I guess Saudi Arabia bought some Capcom stocks or something. Saudi Arabia did buy uh, stocks in Capcom and Nexon, who does Dungeon Fighter Online. Yeah, that's uh... oh right. Um, Nvidia actually passed Meta in terms of value. Yes, Facebook had an absolutely shitty recent quarter, um, and it doesn't even include the fact like they spent they they made about a eight hundred million and change in a uh, in their VR department. But they spent like three point three billion. I'm still buying an Oculus Quest three. I don't care. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> is that like Meta is eating you, the cost of VR technology so hard right now? Are you, are you yeah. Are the, the, the Walmart store experience, Jonah? Is that what you're going to do with the Meta VR? <laughs> no, I'm going to do the game stuff. Here's the thing, though. Um, the one thing that this may do is it may make them say, you know what, let's not tie the Oculus VR Quest 3 to Facebook accounts now. Because mm-hmm. they need they need that press, you know, to sell this thing. So, you know what, yeah. it's optional. But if you if you do ta- if you do link your Facebook account, we'll give you special bonuses, you know, just incentivize it instead. And I hate to I hate to jump topics so much, but uh somebody also finally came up with a metaverse idea that I can get behind. Uh, Bandai Namco announced that they're doing a, that they're doing a metaverse in which they want to design like a virtual experience that would allow fans to better interact with uh, all of the IP that they have, which is like Tekken, Soul Calibur, Dark Souls, all that jazz. Oh, sure. When it, when it, when it goes to face uh, fighting games, you say, Oh, that's exciting. Oh, but, but like Bandai Namco has a lot of stuff I love. They have, uh, th- they also have Dark Souls. They have, um, God. they have a lot of stuff. We don't have to go into. Sure, and uh, the and like the idea of them designing a metaverse virtual experience that would be like a, a celebration of those of all of those IPs. I just made myself laugh. I just thought, you know, if Microsoft. Buys Namco next. The FTT is going to go. Oh come on! <laughs> oh come on! <laughs> but I just think that's, uh, that's like I've I've seen a lot of people spitballing ideas of the metaverse, and none of them have all have sounded all that cool to me. But like Bandai Namco sounds like they're onto something that could actually be fun. I just want my virtual world, damn it! But I I also think uh, um, I've heard the story that Stadia is going to be yeah. Not doing the gaming, streaming, gaming thing. But. Here's the thing about that is that, you know, Google didn't go in 100%. No, not at all. They have the technology. To, it's like they're um, – it's still up, too. Uh, do you know there's this, uh, there's this website with artificial AI that's teaching AI, and basically what it says is, I want you to draw this, and uh, like an airplane or a cat or anything like that. And you draw a cat, and it sees how long it takes the AI to figure out, oh, that's a cat, you know. And uh, I forgot what it's called. Um, But anyway, Stadia was like that for them. It was just an experiment, you know, because Google has the resources, damn it. They have the resources to actually go hard in on a streaming service, and they just didn't. 
Google could buy Nintendo and Sony if they wanted to together. Yes. Without even blinking. And uh, they just went in half-assed. I mean, yeah, sure, we play Hitman on Google. Who cares? Yeah, Google has a $2 trillion market cap, which is even more than Microsoft, actually. It's insane how much money they have to throw around. And so, like, the idea that they they just – you're right. They half-assed the hell out of Stadia. And the thing is that, you know, you know why they did it? They did it to see if they could. Okay, we could. You know? I mean, Amazon is doing Luna and – um, I think they made a deal with Ubisoft. Yeah, it, it, they have a deal with Ubisoft, uh, but that costs $15 extra too. It's like these games – I mean if you ask someone, have you heard of Amazon Luna? They're going to go, what? What's what's that? I mean, hell, Amazon Luna has uh, Legend of Heroes, Trails of Cold Steel 3 and 4. <laughs> but I'm pre- Scott, did you know that? No, I, I have my and, games on Steam. Um, but I'm saying if, but you didn't no. know that, so yeah, it's I, like I haven't seen Amazon's Luna thing at all. I, I don't know where they it have, is. They have Scott Pilgrim versus the World, the game complete edition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, by the way, is still not I, I have not played yet. So I know that TJ is going to go for shame. <laughs> for shame on you. Which one haven't you played? Uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, the game, complete edition. Oh, it's good. It's a good, I mean, like, as far as beat em ups go, it's just it's I haven't played, one of my favorite. I haven't played River City Girls either, so. River City Girls 2 is coming out soon. Oh, really? But, like I said, you know, neither service has really got all, say what you want about Microsoft. When they want to do something, they do it, you know? Yes. Like, they said, we're going to do a streaming service, and we're going to do it right, and they did it. You know, and now they say we can stream to your cell phone, your tablet, to your, your web browser. Um, although uh, it seems like they're modifying their plans for HoloLens 3. I think that's being silently pushed out of the way. And HoloLens has only really been adopted in the, um, in the business uh, sphere, like with surgery and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Which surprises me because I know a lot of people who wouldn't mind augmented reality like Hololens. You know, they were pushing that Minecraft thing with Hololens and they never did it. I remember that. So. It just kind of got dropped. Yeah. Anyway, we're gonna move on to what have you been playing? I'll start first. I have not played two games. I just got them and I'm going to be reviewing them. One is uh, I got Dying Light 2 in my press account, which I'm looking forward to playing uh, because I I like zombies and I like parkour. So, you know, and um, I like the uh, idea of having an interactive story that goes with it. You know, well, not an interactive story, but a fluid story that game changes depending on what you do. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. I also have Not Tonight 2. Um if for those of you who don't know, Not Tonight was the uh, Brexit version of Papers, Please. And um, the problem with Not Tonight was that there were no stakes. I mean, you could sell drugs if you wanted to. You really w- didn't – nothing negative happened to you. You just get more money and, and uh, the government frowns at you. But that's all they do is frown. Nothing else happens. So uh, Not Tonight 2 – 
goes from the UK and Brexit to America and our political system right now. So it'll be interesting playing it. Nice. That is uh... I, I, <laughs> Here's the thing. I, 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 the press I, release said that a lot of companies are very afraid of getting political <coughs> – Ubisoft. <coughs> but they're not. They don't care. They 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 want if they want to make a message, they make a message. Yeah. That sounds like I mean, Papers Please was so dang dour. Uh, I think I could better deal with a game that has that had that same model, but slightly lesser stakes. Yeah. In in uh, not tonight. In both versions, you're playing a bodyguard. You're playing a bodyguard for a club and not a. Um, not a pass uh, check person. The thing about um, about Papers Please it did tell a story, but it told it through gameplay, and it didn't have to. It didn't have to hit you over the head with it, mm-hmm. you know. And also, there was a lot of things in it that hinted that Aristoska was even more was a little bit more um, progressive than certain other countries in certain things. Like everybody's running into Aristoska to get surgery because other countries wouldn't. Were too expensive and, and they couldn't afford it there. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it is still a terrible place. Uh, but anyway, I don't want to get into papers, please. We could talk a mile about papers, please. As a matter of fact, I think you know what it might be a uh, it might actually be a um, gaming flashback at some point because I think we're I think it's almost ten years since papers, please was released. Oh, it's been a long time then. Yeah. Oh, another game that had that that's been released for a long time and one that I might get back into his FTL. I haven't played FTL in a while, and you know I think I'm starting to you know get the itch for it again. Because Papers Please and FTL were the two indie games that were like trendsetters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, FTL was one that like you saw a lot of imitators come immediately after that game. Scott, have you played FTL? Yes, I have. Uh, okay, it's a nice little. Like puzzle game and you puzzle game. I mean, yeah, you have to you have to strategize what uh, plants to visit, what resources to get. Uh, it's a lot of management, spaceship management. So to me, that's kind of puzzle like because you have to strategize and figure out what resources to use and what planets to stop visiting or fight or you know you, you got all these. Uh, the only problem I had with 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 FTL was that it relied a little bit too heavily on the random number god. But, you yeah. know, it's a roguelike. Yeah. And here's the thing. I have never defeated the the, the uh, Rebel Mothership ever, ever. No matter how no matter how badass my ship was, I was turned into a smear on the quantum of field when, when I faced up against them. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah, that game is super tough to finish, even with, like, some of the later ships you get. Yeah. And you have to earn those ships by doing these little achievements so you can unlock better ships. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, what have you been playing, Scott? Well, I am trying to finish up Rise of Sakuna because tomorrow is going to be the release of Rise of Third Power. Uh, so I'm looking forward to playing that tomorrow. Uh, that's the one of the Kickstarter games I backed, and uh, so it's, it's you know completed and being released, and... Uh, I'm looking forward to playing that. Yeah, it's another retro JRPG-type game. Yes. Set in Europe uh, in the 30s. 
set up in a in a Europe like world. It's not actually Europe, but it's it, it's modeled after it. Uh, so you yeah, it, it takes place in the Age of Sail, basically. Mm-hmm. And you're you're fighting a war uh, against uh, uh, you know against uh, I guess a uh, Nazis, you know. Um, yeah, Germany and Adolf Hitler. Yeah, and uh, it's a uh, yeah, like I said, it's turn base. You get uh, turn timer, and uh, you get these abilities and all that stuff. It's uh, and it you know looks like a lot of fun. You know, what game it reminds me. It reminds me of Sid Meier's Pirates a bit because you have the on ship thing and you also have the overview, and the overview yeah. is much like Pirates' overview in which it's just this la- it's just this map, and the cities are like these small things that, you know, that you visit. Yeah, it looks like you get a, a party, maybe three or four people, and, uh, yeah, you got, there's there's guns and swords, and so, um, yeah, like I said, Age of Sail, and so it's, yeah, it's, it's pre-modern times, so, yeah, I, I, I've been trying to not get too much information on it, because I like to go in as, blank as possible or as blind as possible um, yeah well yeah you're right that it's coming out tomorrow um it's also available on steam for it doesn't say how much uh, there is a demo on steam by the way yeah. for anybody who wants to try it without actually uh buying it there's a demo so um what have you been playing tj i have been trucking along through fuga <laughs> uh melodies melodies of steel i like, like it's so very obvious that the that the endings will. Ch- okay, so like one of the most one of the biggest mechanics of Fuga is that at certain points you will run into very difficult encounters, and when things get tight, you can use this. The you you pilot a tank and it's got this weapon called the Soul Cannon, and you can fire it and obliterate enemies. But you have to use the life of one of the of one of your party members to uh, to fire it. And once they're dead, they're dead. You don't get them back. Um, sort of so like that game uh, about the basketball playing. Oh, damn, I forgot the name of it already. You know, by Supermassive. Um, yeah, remember uh, the sports game and what's it called? After you win, you have to sacrifice one of your players. Oh, uh, <clears throat> pardon. Um, God, <laughs> it's on the tip of my tongue, but I know what you're talking about. Oh, it's uh, not super massive. Super giant. I, super massive is are the people who did the uh, who are doing the man media, you know, the uh, the anthology games. Yes, but I do know what you're talking about. The uh, the their their sports game. The, the, Pyre. The, Pyre. The name of the game is Pyre. Pyre. Yeah. But yes, yeah, so like. So it's so very obvious in Fuga Melodies of Steel that you get the most good ending by not sacrificing these children to fire a super weapon. Imagine that. <laughs> but I was like, I, I, I was like, I'm gonna get the good, I'm gonna get the true ending, I'm gonna do it. And, but like, man, the difficulty in that game ranked ramped up quickly, and. It's like getting to the point where it's like, oh man, am I gonna be able to do this without even without? <laughs> and it sucks too because like I'm, we're getting a, me and Sam are getting attached to these these kids. See, but that have. that's what that's what Bioshock needed. I mean, yeah, you spared a little sister, but 
if you keep sparing them, you keep getting gifts that that are even more than if you sacrifice them. You know, Bioshock needed it so that if you did not consume a little sister, you were debilitated. You could you had far less power, and it was much harder. So that there was actually some sacrifice in not consuming a little sister. You know. Yes. Because what I'm coming up against in Fuga is that you you have the means. Um, these kids, when you're not in a combat, you have moments where they interact with each other, and they and uh, by interacting with each other, they will form bonds. And uh, on like on each weapon of the tank, you you uh, you assign two of the kids. Like one is the main gunner, and one is the backup. And depending on their relationship, they'll have. Uh, support abilities and link attacks that they can use. Um, and like, so you have, to, it, it's a matter of you have to manage, you have to build up their bonds. You have to also manage their resources and you have to decide when you're going to use those resources because they are scarce. Um, and it's like, it really does. It really does push you to think, can I do this without firing that weapon? Yeah, and I am really, I'm, I'm really digging the stakes because I because these the the characters are enjoyable. They're they're very like the more that we get into the story, the more that I like these characters. The more that I want all of the, <laughs> the more that I want all of them to survive, and the harder it's getting to do it. And you see why it won best RPG uh, from from the website from from our our podcast now. Yeah, it's uh, I I I'm like slapping myself at how we missed this game. La- like I, it went I, under the radar. Yeah, it went under the radar for a lot of the year. And um, yeah, so like I'm I'm really enjoying this one, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be we're gonna be pushing all the way to the end on that one to see if we can hopefully. So get, this is uh, this is one of those games that you you can you have an audience with, huh? It's like it's fun to have an audience with. Yeah, well, it's it's me and Sam playing the game together and and trying to to make it through and and make good decisions along the way. Okay. Anyways, we're gonna move on to uh, game news, and the first item we're gonna talk about is the Nintendo Direct that was done today. Um, we're not gonna really talk about the ports that are coming. You know, yeah, we knew that MLB The Show 22 was coming. Uh, Portal Companion Collection, we know about that. Um, no Man's Sky, fine. Um, uh, Star Wars: The Force Advanced, Assassin's Creed: The Ezio Collection, Cuphead, the new DLC, um, and uh, also um, the uh, collection of Kingdom Hearts. Those we don't really have to discuss. Um, first thing we're going to discuss is Chrono Cross. Uh, so Chrono Cross is coming. And they're calling. Oh damn! What? Are they, oh, the Radical Dreamers edition. And is it? Go ahead. Because it includes the Radical Dreamers uh, text-based text-based game. Yeah. Um, that's I think in supposed to sit, be set in between Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross. And uh, that's I think a first time for it coming here. I, I, we I don't think we've ever had it officially in the West. And there's also some good news too. Uh, not n- announced in the Nintendo Direct, but Chrono Cross the Radical Dreamers Edition is coming to PC for the very first time. So PC players, for the first time, will be able to play Chrono Cross. 
That would be great to have on Steam. It uh, looks like they're remastering the visuals and the audio. Um, think a few, oh, yeah, they, they put in a uh, turning off the, the random encounters if you want to. So <laughs> yeah. Some. Yeah. Um, it's just... It's just, you know, demoralizing when you're just walking along all of a sudden, stop, you have a random encounter. At least in Ultima, you could see them coming. Here it's like, no, 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 we can't see. You haven't, you have to fight now. Oh. I'm just trying to get to the boss. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the thing is that uh, the PC version was not announced, but there are reports about it, and it makes me wonder if there's also going to be other console versions. Maybe, maybe not. Um, I don't – here's the thing about Nintendo Switch – for the most part, if Nintendo doesn't own it, it's multi-platform. You know. Yeah, that's that's true. So, if not immediately, eventually. Yeah. Because Octopath Traveler was on the Switch and now it's on PC as well. But it, it took about a year. Oh, it's it's on every if it's on every console. It's on Xbox. It's on PlayStation. Well, it it, it wasn't at first. And yeah, I mean, so let me put it this way: it could be a, a limited time exclusive. But yeah. Nintendo really doesn't do exclusives all that much unless it's directly related to what the Switch does, you know. So, but on the other hand, PC version of Chrono Cross. Um, have either of you already played Chrono Cross? Yes, I yes. have. Okay. I played it when it was on PS1 originally. And I didn't, I got all the way to the boss, but I couldn't defeat him because I didn't understand how to fight them it's it's not like a straightforward fight you have to use elements in a certain way and i wasn't able to figure that out so i wasn't i didn't finish it and uh you have multiple endings just like in chrono trigger so you probably have to replay it a few times to get everything yeah um that game is a very peculiar rpg i agree where like (laughs) It's there. First off, there's so many party members. It's like a Suikoden game. Yeah, um, only three in the party at a time, so it makes it really hard to use them all. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of uh, strange JRPGs, uh, also Earthbound and Earthbound Beginnings have been launched today yeah. on Nintendo Switch Online. My wife was very happy to see that because she loves those games. Uh, and, I'm and this is the SNES version, by the way. This is the SNES version. So that might that might be a good sign for Mother Three to eventually come over localized as well. Uh, you know, because I know a lot of people a lot of people want. That well, that's what Earthbound Beginnings is. It's Mother One. Right. And it's the first time it's ever been localized. Right. Um, another JRPG they're bringing over that hasn't been brought over before is uh, Live Alive. And I saw that, and I think I remember hearing about it, but never having played it, because uh, it never came over here. Um, I, yeah, definitely look for And it's also a 2.5 remake, uh, just like... Yeah, HD 2D. Yeah, HD 2D. Um, and it's a beautiful style, and it looks great. And I uh, definitely want to play that game. Yeah, that I mean, it goes, it goes between the Wild West and Edo, Japan. Mm-hmm. A uh, whole bunch of different eras, all... Primitive, uh, you know, BC era all the way up to future times, where you know, and each, each character has a own story, uh, kind of like Octopath and Saga Frontier. So yeah, that kind of style of game. It struck me very much as a Saga game. 
Um, and it, this was this was a big win for a lot of uh, a lot of uh, retro gaming fans because <laughs> folks have been asking for Live Alive to be ported to the West for decades, and uh, this like it's it's a very very highly regarded game. And before it was only able to like the only way that we could play it was like there were mods that people did like fan translations of it. So to see it actually get like a proper port is a pretty big deal for a lot of folks. Mm-hmm. Also coming out, uh, they officially announced Splatoon three. Well, they, they they announced Splatoon three last year. Today's announcement was uh, they, they the co-op mode, yeah, the PVE mode, uh, Sal- Salmon Run. Yeah, the, the yeah the co-op mode um, also announced um, is a new update for Metroid Dread, which includes a uh, easier than easy mode, <laughs> a rookie mode, and a harder than hard mode. One hit, yeah. and you're dead. The yeah. brutal dread mode. Yeah. I don't. I don't <laughs> Getting hit once causes a game over. <laughs> I can't. I can't get through that game without being hit at least one. It's just no. I. This is I this is this is them saying you know what. We know about your Mega Man challenges. Well, guess what? We're going to have a Mega Man challenge for this game. Yeah, pretty much. I know people that are already gearing up to take on that difficulty, that hard I'm one. Sure. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm not them. Announcing a mode like that, like it's the um, – uh, there's one achievement, which is something that players did before achievements ever happened. Mm-hmm. But uh, for Mega Man, to go through the game only firing once and the only time you need to Ugh. fire they they people completed Metro, uh, Mega Man, never attacking anybody except for the very last thing in which you have to fire a bullet. Mm-hmm. <coughs> also, good on Nintendo for putting an easy diff- easy difficulty in Metroid Dread because that's a game that doesn't pull punches. Yeah. Hey, they did that. They did that with Bayonetta. They had the easier than easy mode, and a lot of people said, "Yeah, that's the one-headed mode." <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like. <laughs> That's that's one of the few gripes a lot of people had about Metroid Dread is that there is no difficulties in that game. It, it was just do it or die. Oh, and, and uh, also there's another update that's adding the boss rush mode in which you continue to battle bosses. Uh, and I'd like to stress out these are all free updates. So if you already own Metroid right. Dread, you get it for free. Yes. I uh, My absolute favorite thing that was announced today, this was like one that was near and dear to my heart because I love the series so much from my childhood. Uh They are doing remakes of Front Mission. Uh, Yes. Um, For those who don't know, Front Mission is a very early Square Enix uh, IP. It's a a turn-based tactics JRPG in which you control mechs. And you can fit them out with different weapons and parts and and, uh, that will like determine how far they can move what cut, what they fire all that stuff so the I, first front mission is coming out this summer and then they're going to do the the rem, uh, the, uh, the sequel sometime in the future which i am interpreting it as winter yes i have spent so many hours on front mission 1 and front mission 3 uh i've never gotten to play front mission 2 and uh, that is so exciting to me to see those games. I want to I want to jump into those games so bad again because right. uh, I Front Mission One is one of those things where like it's a it's not a very easy to get game. So it was like the only way to do it was through things that maybe Nintendo. Wouldn't oh like. damn! What was the name? No, no, no. Uh, what was the name of that uh, place 
that sold uh, Japan, Japanese games to the U.S. Um, and I'm trying to remember it. It was – oh, damn. And it closed down a few years ago. Um, I, don't know. I have no idea. I forgot the name of it. Uh, the people who are veterans know the, know the place I'm talking about. It's the only way to get uh, these games, you know. Um, how do you feel about the new Fire Emblem Warriors game, uh, Three Hopes? That's a good use of that uh, of that particular IP. That's true. Um, Omega Force has been doing we- interesting things with their Musou games because, like, Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity wasn't just a normal Musou game. It actually had elements of Zelda put into it, like Breath of the Wild Zelda put into it. Same with uh, Persona 5 Strikers. That game is straight up an action RPG uh, disguised as a Musou game. And uh, it's interest, and I'm really interested to see if they if they expand even further with what they've got in uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses. Because that game was already like a multi-branching path where you have those three factions that you can work with. So you're playing Fuga. Are, how do you feel about the announcement of Advance Wars 1 Plus 2 Reboot Camp? Awesome. Those games are <laughs> awesome. Uh, I only played the first Advance Wars on my GBA. Yeah. And uh, they're, today, one of the big things that they announced was a map editor where you're going to be able to not only make maps, but share them and download maps from other creators. Also, they're including local and online multiplayer for the first time as well. Mm-hmm. So. so, yeah, that is looking very exciting and fun. Uh, yeah, they're also releasing uh, a Mario Kick or Strikers. Mario Strikers Sorry. Battle League, that- yes was an absolute shocker. Who Why was it a shocker? Expected, well, like, who would have expected of all the Mario sports titles to come back in the soccer game from GameCube years ago? I, 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 I would assume it, because here's the thing. FIFA is struggling, and people want an alternative. Is Mario Strikers really the alternative to FIFA, though? Yeah, it is. I would never have, if, I, I would never have guessed that was the next Mario game coming. Because a lot of that, a lot of people were thinking about Odyssey 2 for nah, Mario. Nah. I if if they were gonna do a new Mario game, new Mario sports game, I would have thought it would be Mario Tennis. I thought they did have Mario Tennis. They they did Mario Tennis Aces a couple years ago. Yeah. For the Switch. For the Switch. Yes. Oh, okay. Um, and then last year was Mario Golf Super Rush, which was okay. Mm-hmm. It even has like a story mode where you can go into a cave and stuff. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Mario Strikers, this is like a su- that's a super niche, but also very fun use of the Mario IP. We're like making a soccer game out of it. And they're going to have like up to eight player online play. And they're going to have clubs where you can actually compete against like put your club together and compete online against other people's clubs. Yeah. Um, one of the most demanded games that people have been asking of Nintendo was when are you going to bring Wii Sports to the Switch? And they have. They brought It's now Nintendo Switch Sports. Mm-hmm. Which is, here's the thing. Uh, a lot of people really mocked uh, Wii Sports, but really it brought in a lot of people to the game. Um, it's going to be awkward using a Joy-Con to do it, but... They think they're gonna have a leg strap accessory, so you could you could play uh, soccer with a Joy-Con, with Joy-Con strapped to your leg. <laughs> yes, it looks like they're utilizing some of the some of the stuff from uh, Ring Fit Adventure, 
because Ring Fit Adventure also used that sort of uh, leg strap motion thing. Um, it, it looked like a nice sports game, and I mean, well, yeah, that's just it, though. You know, you know how many people, uh, including grandma and grandpa, want to play bowling again? Because yeah. that, that was the game that everybody played on Wii Sports was the bowling game. There was the uh, the 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 god dang it the uh, the clubhouse game of 51 games has bowling in it, uh, but this this one I think will be more, I guess, interactive. You have to do the full swing or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but the, what's the interesting bowling. is that is that this is one of those rare Nintendo games that's getting a uh, you know a beta period, you know, and inviting people to do a play test of it. If you're, yeah. if, if you're an online member, you, uh, they're going to have a, a play test from the 18th through the 20th. Yes, that does look good. It's a good idea to always play test these things. I guess they're trying to make sure their quality control is good by having broadening a pool of uh, beta testers. So that's a good idea. Uh, and they, what else? I think that was everything. I mean, I think... They released a lot of stuff. That was a really so good. let me ask you a question. How do you feel about Zenblade Chronicles 3? That was la- crazy. The last one was back in 2017. I think I have the second one. I'm not yeah. sure. Zenblade Chronicles uh, 2, I think, is multi-platform as well. Is it? No, it's just for the Switch. Sorry. What was I thinking of? I know there was a Xenoblade that was multi-platform. Uh, it doesn't matter. Um... I don't know. That series has been through so much weirdness. Like it went from being Xeno Gears, which I think is one of my favorite games of all time, to being Xeno Saga, which is one of my least favorite things of all time. To it's now it's now uh, Xenoblade, which a lot of people love. I I I can't personally get into it. I uh, I've tried. I just I I can't. Yeah. So you were talking about how you thought there was going to be a Mario Odyssey. Well, instead, they brought a new Kirby game, Kirby and the Forgotten Land. God, it looks so weird and good. <laughs> my, my wife is there is, – wait, wait, wait. Time out, time out. Is there a Kirby game that doesn't look weird and good <laughs> or just weird? That's what I was telling my wife is that Kirk, this is what Kirby does. He goes around and eats everything. They make a joke that he's a black hole singularity and everything just absorbs into him. So, yeah, he eats cute little puppies. But now he body. but now he can envelop a car and make it drive. Yeah, that's <laughs> crazy. Or he can suckle up uh, water and blow up like a balloon and then blast it at other people. Yeah. Here's the question on the cover. Is it going to be happy Kirby or, or angry Kirby? Actually, I'm looking at the, no, that's not true. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Remember, American games of this sort usually have them putting on a frown and being a badass and all that stuff, oh, while the Japanese covers don't mind him looking happy. But it looks like uh, I'm looking at the the cover now. He, he just has a, sh- a confused expression on his face. <laughs> he's not a happy nor mad. He's just he's, he's he's as confused as everybody else. I think they're supposed to be like he's just looking off into the distance. Right with his stubby little hand at his at his uh at his he doesn't have a forehead but he's trying to find a forehead with his with his with his stump but he just looks like he's confused now he just looks like huh where am I supposed to go now 
I think once you when you said that the that the Japanese ones will t- generally have uh, happy faces on their on their Kirby. Yeah. That reminds me how Dragon's Quest has happy faces on like or smiley faces on all the monsters. They're like all smiling at you for some bizarre reason. I Except guess for Dig Dug, then they're screaming. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, Kirby looks like a crazy game. Uh, you know, you just, you're in an open world and you absorb and meld, I guess, with certain things like cars or whatever else is, is that you, you know, whatever vehicles or things you can meld with and you get different abilities. Uh, and then, yeah, you, you use those abilities to traverse the area, solve puzzles and just do crazy stuff because that's what Kirby does. He does crazy stuff. Yeah. Um, do you care about uh, sorry, Gabetsu uh, Fumaden Undying Moon? That's uh, that's one of Konami's uh, indie efforts. That yeah, it came out. It came out last year on Steam. I was just wondering if you have any interest in it on on the Switch. Uh, middling. It's. I think it's a. I think it's. I kind of wish Konami would do more of that, like take their IPs and, and, and third-party them out to indie developers who would then do cool stuff with them that Konami is obviously not doing with their own treasure trove of good things. I, I don't trust Konami anymore. <laughs> after that. Not after what they did with the Castlevania NFTs. That's just, that's just wrong. <laughs> it is quite sad. Happy 35th birthday, Castlevania. <laughs> <laughs> so, any remarks about about the Booster Course Pass for Mario Kart 8? I thought that was actually pretty cool to to have all these uh, maps and they, they added like 40. It's so unlike How many game passes do you know that that Nintendo has has released really? You know, like this one and. TJ, do you ever hear of Nintendo doing game passes like this? Game passes like like what? Like what they're, what they're doing with Booster Course for Mario Kart 8. Yeah. This was... Okay, so I'm actually proud of myself because I called this... Really? This was... When they first announced the expansion pass, they... Uh, if you all recall, they, uh, they announced that it would have the N64 library and the Genesis library which I didn't think was enough to co- to warrant the cost. And then they said that they were going to that it, you would be able to access the uh Animal Crossing DLC if you had this expansion pass. And I made a I made a note at that time that the way that they make the expansion pass worth it is by adding more DLC and more stuff that like people are for games that people are already playing just like make that stuff available via the expansion pass. And this this is a good use of the expansion pass. Because like yeah, they're going to ch- they're going to sell it also on its own. For 25 bucks. Yeah. If you don't have the expansion pass, but if you do have the expansion pass, then you don't have to pay another dollar and you get 43 more tracks to or 48 more tracks to play with in Mario Kart. Yeah, if you have Nintendo Switch online and the expansion pack it's free, but you can also buy it on its own for 25 bucks. Yeah. They're also doing uh, the, the similar thing for that Takio drumming game where they have like yeah. 50 songs, and if you have the expansion pack, you get 500 more, which is a lot. That that is a good way to make that expansion pass worth its money. Yeah. 
So you're about to talk about the, uh, the, the, the tracks themselves, Scott. Yeah, they have uh, this Legend of Zelda theme is in there. Several other themes are in there. I'm, I'm no, no, no. I mean the Mario Kart 8, what's it called? Uh, which oh, Mario Kart 8. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like the first wave. I'm sorry. Uh, the first wave is the Choco, uh, the, the, I guess, Chocolate Road uh, one. There's a, a mall, Coconut Mall, and a Tokyo Blur one that they called it. And it's like from different previous uh, Mario Kart games. You just know people are going to call that first one the Hershey Highway Pass. Yeah. Um, it was like Choco something. I, I can't remember what the other word was. They're going to call it the Hershey Highway. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure going <laughs> to call it that. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I said, you know, um, whether Nintendo realizes it or not. Uh, so, yeah. Um, and then, then I guess they're going to spread out the other tracks over time, and I'm not I'm not sure if it's a couple months or a half a year or whatever intervals, they will release like four or six more or something like that, and then um, you get you know like you said more and more tracks. I guess they're developing them right now, and then they're just releasing. I just realized, you know, if you're gonna do a candy themed uh, track, why not just talk to Disney and have sh- have a Sugar Rush release pack? You know, they did the thing with Sora, uh, with Kingdom Hearts, so they could totally do that. Because I don't know why they haven't made a Candy Rush game. Sugar Rush, Sugar Rush. Yeah. Sugar Rush. Yeah. It's like. I don't know why Disney hasn't made a Sugar Rush game. That's what I mean. Disney could have totally done that, but they didn't, so. Maybe they didn't think it would make money, but, you know, I don't know. If if you make a cart game and it's good, there's always going to be an audience for it. Anyways, yeah. uh, you like the characters. let's move on to the. Go ahead, TJ. It's a, it's a packed year for those games too. Like, my God, between, yeah. Between Disney and then Mario Kart's new DLC, and then Chocobo Racing, which I'm actually super excited for that one. Um, it's there's a lot of kart racers coming out of this year. Yeah. This so, is definitely going to be a year for JRPGs for me. Then where's Blur Two? Damn it. I loved Blur. I have no idea. I loved Blur. It was it was it was it was a cool kart racing game that just used real cars. So. Anyways, we're gonna move on to the next news item: uh, Platinum Games pivoting to live service games. This comes from some digital trends. Atsushi Anaba, Platinum Games' co-founder, president, and CEO, recently spoke of a potential future for the celebrated action game development studio in an interview with Japanese gaming magazine Famitsu. He hinted at titles that are, quote-unquote, different from the past with a focus on larger games and live service systems. Inaba said, the projects that we are trying to create for the future will be different in terms of their structure. Concerning the changes in the market over the next five years or so, I think it's absolutely necessary to do this. The new CEO largely believes the studio needs to create fewer one-off titles and start pushing games that, quote-unquote, can be enjoyed and loved for a longer period of time. Yeah, we'll get back to that. Uh, the assumed testing phase of the new new era can be uh, seen with the recently announced live, ser- live service hack and slash title Babylon's Fall. However, the current state of the game, as seen in past closed beta plays period, along with this shift in focus from highly acclaimed developers, has many fans worried. Despite any worries fans may have, it seems that Platinum is moving full steam ahead in this new direction with Babylon's Fall and possibly Hideki Kamiya's next title dubbed Project GG. Okay, first things first. Um, I don't know if he understands this since he's new here, 
but these one shot games you can be we enjoy them for a long period of time i replay bayonetta a lot i am still enjoying bayonetta what he really means to say is who are people that can enjoy a game and continue paying for us with microtransactions during that period that's what he's really saying you only bought the game once you freeloader we want you to buy a game that you have to keep on pumping in more and more money after you bought it yeah um yeah, I agree. I don't necessarily agree with his uh, with his take. Atsushi Inaba has been at Platinum Games for a pretty long time. I mean, he was a co-founder, but like his... <sighs> By the way, I might add that Babylon's Fall looks like hot garbage. Hot Babylon's Fall, I... I've, it looks I've like hot played, garbage. I have played a preview of it, and I can't... Like, it's, it's got interesting ideas, but the execution is... It's a head scratcher, but yeah, um, it's, I really hope when I looked at project GG, I thought, man, we don't have like a really good cinematic kaiju fighting. (laughs) Not uh, since, what was it? It was Godzilla versus, was it just Godzilla or Godzilla versus or something like that? I'm trying to remember. Some, it was something like that, but like we don't have like a cinematic, narrative-driven, like actual, like full-on dramatic uh, kaiju fighting. You know, game. Th- they missed something with not making a Pacific Rim game. Yeah, but that's what—that's kind of what this feels like with Project GG, and and like the idea of that being pivoted into some sort of live service experience sounds miserable. Now like let's connect this. Go ahead, Chad. By certain kaiju's or whatever, certain monsters. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even know how that would work because, and we know so little about Project GG so far, other than the fact that it is a like a superhero kaiju fighting game. The other problem like, is that um, we let's connect this to what Sony is doing because Sony already said they want to make ten live service games in the next four years. So I'm pretty sure this is going to be one of them that's going to be on that that Sony's looking forward to. And I wonder, has there been a lot of live service games in Japan? Because it seems like they're late to the table and saying, oh, this live service game looks so good when everybody in America is just dead tired of live service games. We've had, thank you, we've had our fill with with Fortnite. We don't need any more. Fortnite and Fall Guys and uh, I think PUBG has that too. And even Minecraft has it now on Windows 10. And you know you have you have grounded, sort of, kind of. That's one. You have Sea of Thieves, which is definitely one. But there's just a saturation there, you know. Yeah. And I just sometimes just want to play a single player game. Yep. And not be advertised to and say, hey, you want to buy this little extra thing that you don't have access to? Ugh. You know, that's what turned me off. Uh, MLB The Show 21 is because they were more interested in doing Diamond Dynasty than actually doing Road to the Show. By the way, speaking of which, they did they just showed a next-gen trailer, gameplay trailer for MLB The Show 22, and it looks much better than last year's. Because here's last year, MLB The Show 21, that was basically last-gen in 4K. That's all it was. This one, they actually ramped up the... Uh, the textures and everything else, so it looks like a true next next generation game. Have you seen it, uh, TJ? Oh, I'm sorry, I was muted. What is it? 
the MLB uh, the show uh, game page trailer that was released today. I did not get a get to get a look, good look at it. It looks great. It looks really good. The gameplay. It's just it's just the graphics in action, and there's a lot of stuff to like. Like I said, it was uh, last year's game was basically the next gen version was basically current gen plus 4K. That was all it was. This one this one looks like a, a next gen game. Yeah, um, I that is a little bit surprising to hear considering this is the, the we're talking about the Switch version, right? No, we're talking about the no, we're talking about the, the Xbox Series X PlayStation Five version. Oh, okay. Um, well, that's good then. Yeah, yeah, I hadn't I hadn't had a chance to see the. I saw the, I heard about the uh, the Switch uh, version that was coming out today on during the Nintendo Direct. It'll have Road to the Show. It'll have cross platform play, and it'll have a season mode. And it'll have Diamond Dynasty, obviously, because they have to make their money somehow. Yeah. Um, what they added, by the way, to MLB The Show 22, which is not going to be in the Switch version, is not only do they have a stadium mode, but they have now now you can do stadiums at night. Mm-hmm. Which is a lot, a lot of people wanted that feature. Uh, by the way, um, I'm pretty sure you heard about about this in the past week. Um. Platinum Games has been asking Microsoft, hey, we want to do Scalebound again. And Microsoft is basically going, yeah, fool us once, shame on us. Fool me us twice, shame on you. <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry, it's the other. Fool us once, shame on you. Fool us twice, shame on us. And I think that's Microsoft's attitude. No, we're not going to fall for that again. Yeah. Um. There's a lot of people who want Scalebound, but here's the thing. It was dead in the water when it was being developed, we're finding out. Sure, but, like, that was – like, Phil Spencer and Hideki Kamaya have both apologized and, and just, like, uh, been over it more than a few times as to, like, what went wrong and why it went wrong. Um, that said, it sounds like Kamaya would like to take a crack at it again. And the thing about it was... a live service game? I don't know. Well, no, like, <laughs> it looked like a weird amalgam of different things. Like, it had Devil May Cry elements. It had, like, uh, Panzer Dragoon elements. It reminded me mostly of Final Fantasy XV. Really? The same combat. Except you have a, except you have a dragon who's able to help you from just off-screen. Yeah, and that's what I think. It's like, if even for the fact that, like, we we haven't had a new Panzer Dragoon like game in a while. Yeah, they just released it. Um, uh, they they did, just had the backwards compatible version on Xbox 360 now. Sure, but that's like a remaster. That's like a remaster port. I'm talking about like a new like modern graphics pa- Panzer Dragoon. I would dig being able to fly around on a kick-ass dragon and blow things up. What you didn't like, Lair? I do. <laughs> I feel bad for the developers of Lair because number one, Sony foisted that motion control shit on them, and they did not want to have motion control on that. And then the marketing people from Sony had to send reviewers how to play Lair, and that's doubly insulting to a reviewer. We know how to play it. The control just sucks. And then they finally added, you know, months later, they finally had Sony let them put a uh, patch to it so that you could disable motion control. Lair, Lair was a victim of Sony wanting to have one game that that pimped out their motion control that nobody really cared about. 
Yeah, I don't know much about Lair. Yeah, just uh, watch the What Happened to Lair video by um, Amer- uh, by Matt. It's it's eye opening, and I really feel sorry for the development team that that was doing Lair because they had so many good ideas, and when Lair failed, Sony just slammed the door and I'm saying, yeah, whatever, you're gone, bye. Yeah, and you and, well, and you know what? Like going back to Scalebound, they did like they did make a pretty good point of. I mean, Microsoft, they, Phil Spencer and, and Platinum Games have said at, at several points that they, it's they've moved past it. It's over. The, it was lessons learned. However, like Microsoft has seventy billion dollars to spend on Activision Blizzard, they have a they probably have a couple million to spend on, on reviving Scalebound if if people are interested. That's the problem. If I was if I was to have Microsoft spend money, I would have had them buy the Bayonetta uh, license. But the thing about that, and here's the thing, the Bayonetta on the Xbox 360 was the better version, and, and Famitsu even said so. Bayonetta on the Xbox 360 got a 40 out of 40. Bayonetta on the PlayStation 3 got something like what a 35 out of 40. But the thing about that is that uh, not many copies of Bayonetta was sold, so Microsoft said no. We don't know what. Here's the thing. Scalebound had a really good trailer, and that's it. That's all we know about Scalebound, really. It had a really nice trailer. Yeah, yeah, and like that's what got people. I think I think a part of it is Platinum Games as it on its own. Like that that studio has built up a cult following at this point. That like whenever you see a new Platinum, whenever you see Platinum Games before the trailer starts, people get ridiculously excited but what people because vanquish failed vanquish vanquish did nothing bayonetta did nothing in terms of sales you know it's one of my favorite games ever but it did nothing in terms of sales and on and on the wii oh my god bayonetta 2 sold if i remember correctly something like forty thousand copies worldwide on initial release forty thousand that's almost impossible especially how many people own the wii so it's it's one of those things in which you know they make a lot of noise, but it's like it's a very niche audience, and they get excited and they get loud, but a lot of people say, oh, whatever. I mean, the only thing that really excites people and they buy it is Devil May Cry. Yeah. I but like, know. but here's the thing. All of a sudden, they're they're talking about scale bound, but they're they're also talking about how they're just going to do live service games. Yeah, which is scale bound going to be a live service game, or were you just lying? That's a good question. Like it, it, he, I think he needs to eventually follow up and make a distinction of like what that means and what that means for their focus. Is like, are they going to make? Are they going to figure out how to pivot everything into into a live service thing, or are they going to continue to do? games like Bayonetta 3 and then do a live service game on the side. I don't know. It's weird. He uh, is he's very vague about it. And also, it's not reading the room. And if he had read the room, he would have known, yeah, people are tired of live service games. Or at least I am. I mean, a lot, a lot of people I, I speak to are. But the idea that uh, one shot <laughs> one shot, uh, fewer one-off titles and Pushing games that can be enjoyed in love for a longer period of time. Dude, I'm still playing Grim Fandango, and that was released in 98. Yeah. 
don't know. It's it's just a supremely arrogant thing to say. Yeah, because retro gaming is a thing where people want to play very old games or even introduce new people to older games. Uh, you know, like when Sukadin came, or sorry, when the Iudian uh, Kickstarter campaign went off, there were a whole bunch of people that had never played Sukadin who went and played Sukadin just so they could get a better idea of what Iudian is going to be. So, you know, there's nothing wrong with these classic old games. And people will buy remakes of one-off games, too. I mean, so, you know, just every five years, you just say, okay, we're releasing a new graphical upgrade, (laughs) remastered version. I know that's sleazy, but people will buy that. I mean, people bought the same original Legend of Zelda game like six or seven times now with NES graphics. Oh, but the new thing is you can now save. You can have a save file with Zelda. Instead of storing it on a battery. Yeah. Anyways, let's just move on to the next item. Go ahead, TJ. Rockstar announces Grand Theft Auto 6 in a tweet. From VentureBeat. Rockstar Games is making a new Grand Theft Auto game. That was true even before the company admitted it, but it has now publicly confirmed development in a blog post and a tweet. With the unprecedented longevity of Grand Theft Auto V, we know many of you have been asking about us about a new entry in the Grand Theft Auto series. With every new project we embark on, our goal is to always significantly move beyond what we have previously delivered. And we are pleased to confirm that active development for the next entry in the Grand Theft Auto series is well underway. This is another entry this is another entry in a recent spree of early game announcements. Last month Respawn announced that it was making some new Star Wars games. Blizzard revealed that it's producing a uh, survival game. Crytek really teased uh or Crytek Crisis 4. teased Crisis 4. And as part of all these announcements, the company's noted that they are hiring and that is likely a big part of the reason why Rockstar is finally talking about Grand Theft Auto 6. There's another big reason too. Um there's going to be an investor call uh, today, and the thing is, is that they want to bump up the money. So that's why all these companies are announcing these big things to generate interest in the company for people to buy the stock and raise the stock a bit more. That that's 95% the reason they're talking about it now. That's kind of a double-edged sword for Rockstar because. Like, I don't know if you've ever... GTA V and, and Grand Theft Auto on NRC is still making bank, we know. <laughs> well, no, I was going to say, have you ever clicked on a Rockstar tweet and read the replies? It's uh, it's ludicrous in there. The people, like, pe- like, people that follow Rockstar closely are, like, foaming at the mouth whenever the uh, the possibility of Grand... Every single Rockstar tweet that ever that has ever happened has at least 600 replies. People say, saying, when's, when's Grand Theft Auto 6? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and, and then you have the secondary folks coming in and making fun of the folks asking for Grand Theft Auto 6. Then you have just like... It's, it's, it's a cesspool. It's a cesspool of crazy toxicity and, and frothing desire. It's... And so, like, when you when you go ahead and say it's happening, I don't know. The double edge on that is that, like, now people have an expectation. Give it to me. When's it happening? Give us a date. 2024. I'm going to say that right now. 2024. Yeah, probably. 
But um, even though Grand Theft Auto V and Grand Theft Auto are making bank, um, you can tell that they need to move on. Even though people are still buying the remastered version of Elder Scrolls V, yeah, I mean, uh, Bethesda has to make six. They're still making plenty of money off them shark cards. I think, uh, actually, they did release some earnings results recently, and I think they said that microtransactions and the like made up 60% of their overall revenue. So here's the question, though. Uh, Grand Theft Auto Online, will it just be an upgrade? And I'm pretty sure it is. I don't think you need to buy another Grand Theft Auto uh, Online. I think it's going to be the same. And the Grand Theft Auto 6 is just going to update your Grand Theft Auto Online and have a different story. Um, one thing I'm looking forward to is seeing how, what they're going to do with the tech. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're getting ready to launch the PS5 and Xbox Series X versions of Grand Theft Auto 5 as well pretty soon here. Um, and so, I like, I wonder just how far they're going to go with what kind of technology is around now. And, and like, um... You know, you know, it's really playing heavy into this as well. There's a certain reboot coming later this year, and that's Saints Row. And um, they don't want to be overshadowed by Saints Row. Mm-hmm. That's kind of something that, uh, like, when I saw the Grand Theft Auto 6 announcement, I thought, nah, I'm good. I want to see what Saints Row does first. Which is why it's probably going to be 2024. <laughs> so you can see what, 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 you can see what uh, Saints Row does and then move on. Here's what I hope for Grand Theft Auto 6. I want characters who who I find appealing. I don't want another piece of shit like you know who in the game. Uh-huh. I know that the best quote unquote best ending is having all three of them live, but you know, having them literally die in a fire that was so satisfying. <laughs> it gave me a huge heart on just watching him die in the fire. Die, you piece of shit. <laughs> I mean, Michael said it best, you know. Human stew, that's where I draw the line. <laughs> yeah. It's... <laughs> so, like, for Grand Theft Auto 6, though, like, I... I it, will Grand Theft Auto 5's next-gen upgrade, will that be, like, the groundwork for Grand Theft Auto 6? Or no, like, it's probably going to be... It's probably going to be a... It's going to probably be an improved engine, uh, because... They really want to knock your socks off with with six, and um, they're probably gonna take the extra year to just you know take it just to push the limits of, of the Series X and the PlayStation Five. Uh-huh. They just want to you know. I'm willing to bet you there will be a last gen version of the games too. Yeah. Yeah. There's too much we- money not to have it. Oh yeah, you're right. That would yeah. Uh, there will probably not only be a last-gen version, there will probably be a mobile version as well. Which disappoints me because I'm saying there's still going to be scalpers of the PS5 and the Xbox Series X in two years. Mm-hmm. And also, Sony said they're going to be releasing all those PS4s. Yes. Uh, so, we can look forward to seeing Grand Theft Auto 6 in two or three years. Uh, two, uh, 2024, I'm pretty sure of it. Anyways. Well, good for you, Rockstar. You finally pulled the trigger on that announcement. Hmm. The worst kept secret in all of gaming. Anyways, we'll move on to the next item. Go ahead, Scott. Okay. 
Jim Schaefer doesn't want Psychonauts or any other Double Fine game turned into a movie. This is from IGN. Despite previously working on a Costume Quest cartoon, Double Fine and legendary game designer Tim Schaefer has shared that he doesn't really see a future where any of his games turn into a TV or movies. Speaking to IGN, Ryan McCaffrey, after winning the New York Video Games Critics Circle Andrew Young Legend Award, Schaefer discussed that while he is often approached by Hollywood about turning one of his games into a film or series, it usually ends up being just a distraction. When Psychonauts was brought up as an IP that would seem like a great candidate for a life outside games, Schaefer said that while he agrees you could do tons of stuff with Psychonauts, he thinks that games are cooler than movies and TV, so it's already peaked. Full Throttle is another game that Schaefer has been approached about, and Warcraft movie director Duncan Jones even wrote a full script to show him how it could be done. Schaefer read the script and thought it was good and that you couldn't tell he really played the game and knows what it's all about. However, even this intriguing Full Throttle experience doesn't give Schaefer much hope. That was exciting, Schaefer said. It would be fun to work with Duncan, but you know, LA and Hollywood, they are just a big whirlpool of lunches. You know that reminds that that brings us back to Sony buying Bungie and talking about how many uh, the the series that they want to make. You know, you does anybody really need a Destiny series? Actually, for that matter, do we really need a Halo series? And I'm lukewarm about that. I've yeah, I've always been pretty much cold to the idea of the Halo TV series because like, who cares? The the best version of that is already already exists. Yeah, have you exactly. have, have you seen the Cuphead series yet? Has it been out yet on Netflix? Yeah, but the Cuphead series looks like it'll actually be fun and take on a thing that we, like take on a slapstick environment that we actually haven't seen with those characters yet. But see, that's because, what you could do. You could certainly do that with Psychonauts. Sure. So, but here's the other thing: as much as I would love to see a, Gr- a Grim Fandango movie, all I have to do is play the game and get. You know, and get more Grim Fandango and more content, you know, instead of being restricted to two hours. So I can see yeah. what he's saying. I, 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 I think one, he wants his games to be an interactive, I'm sorry, he wants Psychonauts to be an interactive experience and turning it into a show removes that agency and, and being interactive with it. You're just now watching cutscenes pretty much. And I think it loses some of that fun and luster and, and, and enjoyment of that story is if you can't, you know, be active in it. And to tell you the truth, Full Throttle is the one game in which I could easily see a movie out of. That, yeah. that, that, that story was very cinematic. I remember playing it back in the day and it was all about solving the puzzle to see the next cutscene, to see the next story clip of what happens and it uh, really did play like one of those uh, FMVs you know that come out later on um, where you solve a puzzle and then you see the story uh, play out but and, even uh, just that um, just the dialogue and the characters yeah you know? and of course the it was a sequence to f- the opening sequence to full throttle is maybe one of my favorite opening sequences in all of games yeah you have legend being played by the uh, gone jackals Legacy, I'm sorry, Legacy being played by the Gone Jackals. And the entire album of the Gone Jackals, just all the music from Full Throttle, or actually the other way around. Full Throttle is full of all the music from that album. You know? mm-hmm. 
Um, at the same time, like I, I keep reading that line he said about uh, <laughs> about turning one of it, it usually just ends up being a distraction, and it keeps making me think of Brutal Legend when, for fucking no reason whatsoever, you suddenly have to play a real time strategy game in the middle of this. Yeah. I mean, here's I the thing: I plan on playing Brutal Legend again with the knowledge that, yeah, this is an RTS game. You know? I hate that element of the game. I hate it so much. Well, you don't like headbangers? <laughs> Literal. Headbangers. I don't. I like. I think all the little I know. Are, are funny in their own right as part of the narrative. I hate the RTS aspect of it. I know a lot of people who just wanted that to be a, a what's it called a 3D bar- brawler, just going. Mm-hmm. It's so much better that way. And the thing is, you know, the story in the game is great. It's just that it's a pity I can't experience it. Wait, why? Because it's so hard to advance in the game, you know? I mean, I guess I could go to YouTube and see all the cutscenes, but... Yeah. Yeah, but, like... Yeah. I uh, I really... I, I was able to beat that game. It oh, okay. It was easy. It wasn't easy. I hate the Battle of the Bands segments. It's so <laughs> fucking obnoxious. And uh, but yes, that story is great, and I would love it if that if they just took if they just made the if, you know what make those battles into a cinematic experience or 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 just have it so that it's sort of like uh, Dynasty Warriors in which you're there and all these people are fighting around you and you're just fighting on your own and you're taking out swaths of enemies like a Dynasty Warriors game. Speaking of, here's the thing. If if they did say, you know what, I'm going to make a, a Psychonauts uh, cartoon, I would be there in a millisecond. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of – there's absolutely plenty of, of space to work with just because, like, the, you have the whole – you have the Psychonauts headquarters at your disposal. You have all those comic books of, of like, the legends and all that stuff. And uh, it's it, – it would be – I hope that Psychonauts 2 isn't the last of Psychonauts. No, it definitely is not. It is definitely not because they lay so many sequel hooks in Psychonauts 2, it's not even funny. And I'm going to tell you right now, Otto is going to be the villain of Psychonauts 3. Right now. I- I'm telling you right now. Interesting. You you play the game and you say, holy shit, he is the villain of the next game. Yeah. Because none of his, none of his teammates actually like him. He is probably the one who wanted to steal your brain in the in the rhombus of ruin. <laughs> he is the one who did it. I'm telling you that right now. And if you and if you visit the mural that's in the Psychonauts HQ and you when you look at his, you say sometimes I'll, I'll explore. One of these days I'll explore your brain too. <laughs> he is the villain of of Psychonauts three. Book it right here. I'm saying this right now, February 9th, 2022. Even though I would have said it earlier than this, I'm telling you right now, he's the villain of Psychonauts three. That will be interesting if true. And also, they'll reveal that Doctor Lobato is uh, Bobby Zilch's father, which isn't, which is kind of obvious, because they both look the same. They both have the same mismatched eyes. They have the um, same, same thing. So it'll be fun when they make that revelation. And uh, here's the thing is that they also hint that, you know, the uh, Whispering Rock kids are going to be involved in in, in Psychonauts 3, too, which would be fun as well. Because yeah. I miss those characters, you know, playing the game. Uh, all you had was a few figments. Also, didn't didn't uh, didn't he say um, 
Oh god, Sasha say that he was going to hire Shigor? Um, I can't remember. He did, and um, she might just be back in Whispering Rock, too. I would also like to see the mental patients, even just as a cameo in 3, just to see what Ed- Edgar Teagley is doing, you know, if he's still making those paintings, or, you know, or, or um, you know, Fred Napoleon and stuff like that. I just want to, I just want to see what, 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 what's going on with them, just, even just for a moment. Yeah, I agree. I just want more of that universe, and, like, whatever form it takes... It sounds like uh, it sounds like Schaefer would rather make a game that uh, make it a game than a movie. Yeah, and and that's the way it should be. Um, by the way, uh, have you finished Halo Infinite yet? I have not. Uh, the ending it'll give you the feels. Uh, Fuga has its hooks in me. I'm gonna keep going with that. But that's also I'm probably giving you the feels too. So yeah. I mean, it does feel very upsetting when you fire a child. <laughs> that's a seldom that's a seldom spoken phrase. Uh, Talk about Captain Obvious there. You know, it makes me feel to fire a kid out of a out of a out of a cannon and just kill them just for my own benefit. <laughs> It should it should make you feel bad. I hope it makes you feel bad. <laughs> it makes me feel slightly upset. <laughs> that dragon like, that dragon cancer has nothing on that game. <laughs> like but at the same time, it's not just that moment, but like the other characters responding to it, like, what happened? Where where are they? And then they realize that person is gone and there's like, oh, I just took one of these children's friends away. You see that? You see that splatter of bone and brains over there? Yeah. Anyways, look for our show notes at gamingpodcast.net, along with industry news and our gaming history articles. We enjoy feedback. So leave comments at our blog at gamingpodcast.net. Also hit us up at facebook.com slash gamingpodcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave some iTunes comments. You can find me on Twitter at Jonah Falcon. You can find me at Johnny Chugs. You can find me at Charger Moore. And we will see you next week. Happy gaming, everyone. Have fun. Be cool. Play games, y'all.